the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. This is the fourth part in our spiritual checkup series of studies. This week, Dave looks at seeing by faith. The main reading is Ephesians chapter 1. Amen, amen. Uh, So we're still on our site because, as we said, what we see, how we see it, will define our walk with the Lord, our life with the Lord, ultimately our effectiveness for the Lord, as we looked at 2 Peter 1 a couple of weeks ago. Um, our, our growth in him, dependent on how we're seeing, on what we're looking at. So we're going to dig, dig into that again tonight and uh, see how the Lord, um, and see right again, right through the word, how people saw things, they didn't see, look by faith, they looked by their flesh, and how the consequences ensued. Thankfully, bless the Lord, we are... I've uh, been given sight, every one of us. Um, and that's our first protocol. God has given us sight. He's opened our eyes um, so we can see him. But of course, our, our job is to keep ourselves refocused, uh, get, keep having our eyes tested, uh, keeping uh, our eyes on the Lord, as we'll just look in a minute, keeping, making sure our focus is right and we don't get hardened or distracted. There is, um, the word is, uh, uh, you'll find it in uh, James, there's no shadow of turning, no variable is in the Lord. Uh, we get that our, our word parallax. Uh, you say, what are you talking about, Dave? Well, if you look at a clock right in front, you'll see the right time. You st- stand to the left or stand to the right, and you won't see the right time, will you? Because you'll see it from an angle. It, it'll be, if you're on the right, it'll be slow. If you're on the left, it'll be fast. That's what we call parallax. That's why the Lord said, keep your eyes on me, not to the left, left or not to the right, because otherwise you'll get a skewed view of me. And uh, thankfully, as we looked on Sunday, we our view of the Lord should be getting clearer as the days go by. Um, you know, we, we, as, as we get closer to him, we see him clear until we get to the point where, uh, as Paul said, Lord, I want to know you more. And uh, I, I know I am, chief is the sinners, but oh, in you, Lord, there's nothing, nothing. Uh, I can do all things, he said, uh, through Christ's name. So let's, uh, Matthew 13, Matthew 13 is our first uh, verse. Therefore I speak to them in parables. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For assuredly I say to you, that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see, and did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. There's that, the Bible calls it judicial blindness. They didn't want to see, so God said, okay. The time is gone. See, sometimes we think we're, people have unlimited chances and limited options. You know, some, you know there's, there's things that pass across our path, even as Christians. We have a, a limited, limited time to do or to achieve or to minister. And sometimes that moment's gone. Uh, Esther, now. And if you don't do it, God will raise someone else to do it. 
obviously not like you, not in, 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 the, in the purposes, just like you, but God will raise someone. So sometimes we think, oh, I get, no, 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 no. We have, that's why every day is, is to be grabbed onto, held onto, and if, if obviously someone's unsaved, like the lie of the devil, you've got plenty of time, especially with youngsters, you've got plenty of time. No, 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 no. You haven't got plenty of time, have you? You look no. in, this, in, in, the, in, in the paper this week and you'll see young, old, doesn't matter, tragedy or, or uh, someone, I was reading about a young lad, 12, thankfully they saved him, but he a cardiac arrest, training for football. So any, no one, you know, so time, time, we've got now. So he said, look, they didn't want to see, so they now just were, but he, what did he say? Blessed are your eyes. They see and blessed are your ears, because they hear. He said, they long to look at this, long, but you've seen it. See, so when we can come to know the Lord, we are blessed, because our eyes have seen. But of course, our job is to keep our eyes on the Lord. The devil's job is to keep our, get our eyes off him, onto our circumstances, onto the difficulties, onto the problems, onto anything else. But the Lord, so he can, as we said before, dull us and get us to drift or dread all the deeds. Keep it there. Um, with, with, uh, uh, let's go to our next verse. Keep our eyes on the Lord. Acts 7. Filled with the Spirit, what did he do? Looked up, looked, he kept his eyes on the Lord. The Spirit pushed his eyes, and of course, uh, again, as we said so often, that God uses circumstances. I mean, this is a, not a, just any other circumstance. He's, 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 mar- he's going to be martyred, isn't he? It's pretty serious now. But you know what? God does so many things to get our eyes on him. But the, he's filled with spirit, but then he's looking at and he's, and, of course, it gets him even more hungry. I see the glory of the Lord and the Son of Man standing, waiting for him to come home, isn't he? He's, he's standing, usually sitting. But uh, when Stephen's coming, he's standing to receive him. And um, I can see, I can see why he's looking up. So our eyes are to be always looking heavenward in, in, in that symbolic way of looking up, keeping our eyes on the Lord, as Hebrews 12 so often tells us. Uh, Isaiah 40, Isaiah 40. So who will you condemn, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens, who created all of these. Who brings out the starry host one by one? Who calls forth each of them by name, because of his great power and mighty strength, and none of them are missing. See, he's challenging Israel, isn't he? Israel has again gone into idolatry, and uh, and, and we say how oh, silly, but let me just say we exactly we 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 allow anything and everything to come be, between us and the Lord. He's not central at center, and and he's saying, look, you have got these idols, you've quartered them in gold. They can't hear, they can't listen, they can't do anything. They, they fall over, and in chapter forty-four, he's, he's really uh, taking the taking the Mickey out of him. He says, it's amazing. You, you grab that bit of wood, you 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 you. Carve it, make it. The other piece of wood left over, you create a fire to cook your food and say, isn't this warm? Yet you worship that bit of... He said, are you off your head? He's trying to, you know... And then he says, look, what should you do? Get your eyes up. Get your eyes up. Look at those stars. Look at them. And uh, he said the same to, to Abraham, didn't he? Abraham, come out here. Come out of your tent. Look up there. Look at those stars. He said, if you can count them. Can you count them? That'll be your descendants. The blessing of God. He's always, oh, the Lord's saying, look up. 
away from ourselves to his majesty and his glory. Um, I, I look, we read it a few weeks ago. I look, I look my eyes to the hills. That which is the biggest thing we can see. Uh, our help comes from the maker of that. Now we know the vastness of space. They didn't have a clue then, did they? Now we know that these verses take on a different dimension. Look at the stars. Look at the universe. I am the one who created them and named them. Look at me. Why are you bothered with these idols, he says? So our job, God's given us sight. We know the gospel. We know the Lord's wonderful. But our job is to keep ourselves refocused, getting our eyes right, getting the right spectacles on. Uh, to see, to see, to see. Of course, uh, when we don't see right, when we don't see through the spectacles of faith, sadly, sadly, uh, we trip, we fall, and we miss the promises and the purposes of God. And that happens right, Adam and Eve, we started right back there, didn't we? She looked not by faith, but by flesh. How about Numbers 13? Numbers 13, uh, 26, 33. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. And there they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are, and they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak, come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. We saw. We saw. We saw the Anagites, the Nephilim. We saw. Isn't it amazing? Caleb and Joshua saw the same things, but through different perspectives. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It is like that, Caleb said. But what are we worried? God, we've got, what's God done to Egypt? We've just come, come and we saw what God did to Egypt. The greatest, mightiest empire at the time. These people. It doesn't matter how big they are. Yet they saw by flesh. They didn't see by faith. And of course, what happens then is, is the, the problem magnifies, we minify, we exaggerate, the land devours them. Just look at that, how, how they exaggerate the problem and cause a stir and cause bad. And of course, uh, the, the words cost that generation their possession, cost that generation their potential. And that's why we need to always view with the eyes of faith. And of course, then in Deuteronomy 1, um, he says, none of them will see the land. Yeah? Because they didn't see correctly. They wouldn't see the promise. And that's really, again, for our hearts, our lives. You know what? Even though we'll be saved, we'll never receive the, 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 inher- the full inheritance in the sense that never achieve the potential. Uh, when we get it's all that we've done the bible says will be burned up we'll be saved but that just by the fire 
Why? Because we've not seen by faith. What is the Lord doing? What? Of course they are big. Of course they are strong. We're not fighters. We haven't fought. We've been slaves for all these long. But we didn't have to fight Egypt, did we? See, they didn't let their past blessings feed into their, feed into their faith now mm-hmm. and the promise of the future. Promise. So we, they, didn't, they forgot. They didn't look with faith. Um, 1 Samuel 17. And all the men in Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were so afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that is come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches, and will give him his daughter, and make his father's house free in Israel. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine, and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine, that he should destroy the armies of the living God? Thankfully, it only takes one person who is looking by faith to change the course of a situation or a nation even. The Bible says there, verse 22, when they saw Goliath, they ran like little girls. Um, just beforehand, they said they, they came up with battle array and a battle cry. That was all show. That was all show. We've got to be careful sometimes. We can be bold with our declarations and our, and our praise sometimes. Be very careful. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Look by faith because the devil sometimes rises up. And we could be running away in fear. Why? Because we are still looking at, the, so seeing, still seeing the Lord. But he took one, one young lad, one young lad who had past victories, that fed his faith for the present and great hope for the future. And he said, who is this? And so, see, what he was looking at, he was looking by faith. He was looking at that man as the, the a lying <laughs> enemy, uncircumcised. He was a Gentile. He was not of God. He was attacking the armies of God. And he saw by faith. He, he wasn't just any any enemy. He was, he was attacking the Lord and the Lord's power and the Lord's people. And he said, I'll go and t- I'll, I'll fight. Don't you worry. He said, don't you worry. I'll go and fight him. I love the story then because he, he comes and, and the Bible says, Goliath looked, looked on David. He said, yeah, what are you doing here? Get back home. Get back home. Um, and if you notice, I don't know if you've ever stood by anyone who's, who's tall. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you have. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not talking about someone who's when he's someone six foot six. You're looking up a bit, but he, obviously he's over nine foot. So you're going to be like, they, they, when you're a long way away, they don't seem too tall, do you? You know, the closer you get to them, the more you're looking up and up and up, and you're like this, then, didn't you? Um, so the closer David got to him, the bigger he became in his sight, but not his faith, because he said, "Look, I, I by faith, I'm going to take him out. Why? Because this is what God has done." And the Bible says, when they saw Goliath go down, they fled. They fled. Philistines fled. So how do we see? How are we seeing tonight? By faith. By faith. Um, Joshaphat. 2 Chronicles 20. We looked at this not too long ago, didn't we? 2 Chronicles 20. So when they rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa, and, um, and as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, 
and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of, of holiness. As they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. So when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were their dead bodies, fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. We need to go back to the beginning of that, don't we, where Jehoshaphat is there and this mighty army, over a million strong, turns up. <clears throat> and he's afraid. And I'm with him, I'm with him. And, um, but thankfully, Jehoshaphat turns straight to the Lord. Verse 12 said, Lord, our eyes are on you. We don't know what to do. <laughs> he's, just the verse before, he's outlined, oh, you're, you're awesome, God. Nothing you can't do. If you want to step in, you can. But if you don't, we're in trouble. But our eyes are on you. We don't know what to do, but we're going to look to you. We're going to look to you. There's his prayer. The prophetic word comes and says, don't worry, the battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. You don't, be, don't worry, just believe and praise. And when, there's, when they're beginning to look by faith, the Bible says they saw every one of those dead. And that's, that is a great, you know, we, sometimes we keep careful, we talk about process, but... Uh, Looking to the Lord, keeping our eyes on Him, saying, "Lord, I don't know this situation is out of my hands. I'm going to clear. Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on You. We keep Him by faith. We're looking. Let the prophetic word come. We're going to still praise You by faith. We're going to look and see, uh, and we're not going to allow the enemy to create fear." Uh, Proverbs twenty nine twenty five verse. Good verse. Keeping our minds. Uh, the fear of man brings a snake, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. See, the fear of man always, the snake is like a noose, it's like a trap. It grabs a hold of us and stops us progressing. And in fact, it begins to choke us. The more we try and get away, the more we are held and hampered. Um, as we talked about the blind man on, on Sunday, the parents' fear cancelled out or nullified their faith in what God had done. And that's what it does. Fear strangles faith that God can do what he's done before, what God wants to do. And, and, and fear is, is just around the corner for every one of us, isn't it? Um, Lord, what if, what if it doesn't work? What, what are they going to say? What are he's going to say? What, what, and all those kind of things that the, the devil whispers in our ears. Um, and, and as I just said, when David was approaching Goliath, he must have thought, well, I didn't think he was that big. Uh, <laughs> Um, and if you read it, his, his, um, his, his body armour is, is nine stone in weight. Now, some of us can pick nine stone up. You try and walk around with it. That's it. That was his armour. He was walking around with that. Um, his spear was nearly ten pound in weight. Well, if you know anything about athletics, javelin is, is about seven, eight hundred grams. Just over, just over a pound, not quite two pound. But he's got a ten pound javelin. He's a, it's a different world, isn't it? So he's, he's coming. He's fought a lion, he's fought a bear, but now he's fighting someone who's, who's a, a real fighter. A real fighter. And all the army behind him are afraid. <laughs> he got no one supporting him, have he? His brothers have already given him stick. His brothers already talked him down. What are you doing here? Get back home. You're messing about. 
causing trouble. You're always, you're always trying to look at things you shouldn't be doing in, in any someone else's business. Go back home. So no one, even the king, <laughs> didn't support. He said, what are you doing? He said, this man's a fighter. You're just a lad. What are you... Although he didn't stop him going, did he? He didn't say, oh, no, I'm, not, I'm stopping him going. He said, go on, have a go anyway. Because he, he should have been out there because he was the mighty king, head and shoulders above everybody else. Uh, but he wasn't going out there either. Um, so by faith, Matthew, Mark 11, Mark 11. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go for yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believe that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you and your sins. That is an amazing promise, isn't it? The power of our words in faith. Uh, not, our, not our words, is it? <laughs> it's our words because the Lord is with us and he's our father. Say to that mountain, what is that doing there? What's that hindering us, stopping us, causing us difficulties? Get it from there. Get it from there, the Lord says. Um, and of course, be careful what hinders our prayers, what hinders our pro- what hinders our sight. That's what he's, he's saying as well. So by faith... Are we looking by whatever situation, whatever difficulty, whatever person is? Are we looking by faith or by our flesh? Um, because it does. It, we easily. One of the greatest kings, Hezekiah. We'll just have a look now at Hezekiah. One of the greatest kings um, uh, in the Bible. We we hear right the first day, the first week. What did he do? Opened the temple. Great guy. Um, got the word of God. Got his scribes to get the word of God down. Um, but. He took his eyes off the Lord. You'll find that in 2 Chronicles 32. And uh, Isaiah, even Isaiah mentions, we'll read Isaiah 39. Isaiah 39. Hezekiah received the envoys gladly and showed them what was in his storehouse. The silver, the gold, the spices, the fine oil, his entire armory and everything found among his treasures. There was nothing in his palace or in all his kingdom that Hezekiah did not show them. The eyes of then Isaiah the prophet went to King Hezekiah and asked, What did those men say, and where did they come from? From a distant land, Hezekiah replied, They came to me from Babylon. The prophet asked, What did they see in your palace? They saw everything in my palace, Hezekiah said. There is nothing among my treasures that I did not show them. Yeah, we, can, we can see the pride. Um, if you read 2 Chronicles 32, it, it, it outlines that. The Bible says... The Lord withdrew from Hezekiah to see what was in the depths of his heart. Mm. And uh, when these envoys came, of course, the Lord had done a mighty, had a mighty victory, of not he? All the Assyrians, then the Lord had raised him up off his deathbed. And they'd come to say, you know, what's the Lord done? And instead of giving glory to the Lord, he showed them all the things that uh, the Lord had given him. But he was obviously taking, like Nebuchadnezzar, look what I've done. Look, look at my kingdom. And the Bible says he showed them everything. They saw everything. Which, again, we can see in our mind's eye. He's saying, look at this, what I've got. Look at what I've done. Look at my kingdom. Instead of saying, no, this is what the Lord has given me. This is what the Lord has done. And he didn't have to show them all everything, did he? But pride, the Bible says, pride raised up in his heart. And uh, that's, that's from a great king. 
And that's why we need to keep our eyes on the Lord time and time again. David's another one. David, the mighty man of God, after God's heart, took his eyes off the Lord, wasn't at battle, looked at Bathsheba, and he's gone. And uh, so our, our job is to keep our eyes on the Lord, watch ourselves, Lord, even if you take away, help us to see what, what maybe the Lord doesn't have, some of us know what's in our hearts even now. Um, so we just say, Lord, keep me close, keep my eyes on you, keep my eyes and my heart on you. Because in that, there's the blessing, there's the anointing, there's the touch of God. Uh, two kings, two kings, two. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray that you let me have a double portion of thy spirit upon me. And he said, What thou hast asked is a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee, but if not, it shall be so. What was the key to the double anointing? If you see me. And the Lord says, what do you want, Dave? Lord, we need more of you. We need a, more than a double anointing. We need, keep your eyes on me. If you see me. Of course, in that, if you, we've done that before. We've looked at the places. And, and Elijah said, he come to Bethel. Stay here. House of God. Lovely place. Stay here. He said, stay here. I'm, not, I'm coming with you. I'm not letting you out of my sight. And he goes through those other places. Key places in the Bible. You can look at those yourself. And uh, important places. And, and places you would say, well, house of God. Good place to stay. But no, 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 he was after more. He was he would not let, because it showed perseverance, priority, positioning ourselves. That's all we can do with the Lord. Get ourselves in the right place and say, Lord, I'm yours. I'm yours. Whatever you want to do for me, whatever you want to use me, I'm going to, I'm going to be used of you. So there, there we see, uh, seeing, keeping our eyes on the Lord. Um, and we looked last week about people being, being seers, being seers, people who see God wants us to be people who see. Um, people who see, of course, we said, are obedient, observant, keeping our eyes open to the things around us. Um, Isaiah 42. Hear you deaf, look you blind and see. Who is blind but my servant? And deaf like the messenger I send. Who is blind like the one committed to me? Blind like the servant of the Lord. You have seen many things but have paid no attention. Your ears are open, but you hear nothing. Again, a, a, a real, I suppose, a, a damning indictment on, on the people. You've seen much, but you've not observed. You've not paid it. You've heard, but you've not actually listened. Um, and that word there, again, comes back to our word seer. People who see, see behind, see, see into people's lives, as, as our video would have been on Sunday if it wasn't back to front. Um, but he got the idea. Um, I mentioned more, nothing about that. Um, but I throw it in. Um, to, to, to see, to see, to see. Um, to keep our eyes on them. And that word there is, to, is the, our word shama. We looked at before. To be watch people. Watch people. God wants us to be watch men and women. God has called us to be people who see. Not just the peripheral, but see what's going on. To see into people's lives. To bring them the word as, as, as is Jeremiah. What do you see, Jeremiah? The word of the Lord in his heart. The word of the Lord on his lips. We need to begin to see there's people lost and dying and broken. And we need to see and bring the word of the Lord. And to be watchmen and women. And to see what's going on around us. And to rise up and be vocal and warning and alive and alert. Um, and uh, 
vigilant, isn't it? That's what we said before. Uh, watching, watching men and women. Isaiah 62, Isaiah 62. God is challenging us. God is encouraging us. Give me no rest. Give me no rest. Look at what's happening. The watchman was there. We need to protect the, the city, protect the crops, and protect, protect. He was there. That was his job to, to warn, to shout, to be vigilant. And he says, Give me no rest. Don't you dare fall asleep. Don't you dare take your eyes off of what's going on, he said, because when that happens, the enemy comes and we need to have our eyes open. When we see, we just talked about um, Franklin Graham coming there and um, that, that place in, in Liverpool cancelling him because of, uh, of, his, of, his, of the gospel. We need to see that. And we need to see what's going on behind that. Yeah? Sometimes we, 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 we do get angry with, with, with the, the surface, but we want to step up. And see the spiritual battle behind and say, Lord, it's time to bind that. It's time to save by the many and by the few. I've just uh, ordered a book. Um, I found it on, uh, if you look through YouTube, you find it. Uh, a young, well, not a young man, now he's in his 40s. But um, wonderful testimony. How he got caught up in the fashion world. And of course, in, in that kind of environment, he became homosexual. Um, but one day he was at a party with all these celebrities. All of this, you know, the might. And he looked up and said, is this it? Is this life? And um, he was at a coffee shop. He said, and he was. Um, uh, he just meant he saw a couple of young people. And they had a Bible, and uh, he just began to talk to them. And, and they said, "Come to church." And he said, "What do your church think on on homosexuality?" Well, they said, "You know, we, we know what the Bible says." But he said, "I still went to church, <laughs> even though they they told me what the, what they said." He said, "But you know, when I went in that church, the Lord touched me. The Lord saved him and delivered him, and uh, we we." People like that with a testimony to declare what God can do in a life. It's wonderful, isn't it? Wonderful. And that's what we need. We need to see what's going on behind. We need to be watchers and seers uh, to speak the word of the Lord in, into people's situation. Um, because that's, that's what God does over us. He watches over us. The word there, that word watch, of course, we've looked at it before, means to guard, to treasure, to protect. Because they'd seen, but it wasn't the most important. They didn't grab hold of their heart. And that's really important, isn't it? Because the gospel has got to be something that captivates us. Not just, because many people see the gospel, but that becomes our watch. It becomes that which is our treasure, that which we preserve and hedge about and hold on to and protect. Why? Because it's the only thing that can save us. It's the only thing that can save our families. It's the only thing that really can deliver and bring life itself. Um, the, the word behind it, um, they say, is like a shepherd. You know those shepherds in um, they they would be out in the wilds and, and they would build a corral around and they would get um, branches with thorns on and they would make an archway, I suppose, or a horseshoe, and then they would get them in the sheep inside there to protect them. Any predators would come and they, the thorns would. You know, push them away. And of course the shepherd was there. And that's the idea, to, to watch over, to guard. That's what the Lord says. Now watch over my word. Watch over my gospel. Watch over that which you have been given. Thankfully it is uh, the, the uh, blessing of God over us. And certainly over his people. Number six is uh, the uh, ironic 
blessing. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. The Lord bless you and keep you. That's the word. Watch over you. God is a God that protects us. He treasures us. That's why he says, now, that's what we, why do we, we love him because he first loved us. We treasure him because he treasures us. And in fact, that should be far greater because when we know who we are, what we've done, and he treasures us, Lord, how can I not respond but to just say, Lord, I'm going to keep my eyes on you. Lord, I'm so sorry when my eyes drift and, and, and vary. But the Lord says, that's the Old Testament, but the Lord encouraging, not just encourages us, commands us to keep our eyes on him, be watchful, and prayerful. Those all two together. It means to chase sleep away. Chase sleep away. Matthew 26, our last verse, 26, 38, 41. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, May this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You see how the Lord's warning us? Our spirit, don't we, eh? Our spirit sometimes gets so carried away, don't we? We promise the Lord everything. Have you seen it been in those meetings? Lord, say I'll go anywhere, I'll do anything for you. And then we come out of the meeting and think, oh, I hope you don't send me there, I hope you don't ask me to do that. And Because and, our spirit is willing. But our flesh is very weak sometimes, isn't it? And that's why the, the antidote, the antidote is watch and pray. Get awake, he said. Come on, what are you sleeping for, boys? So I'm, there he is. You know, in agony, the Lord and his disciples, his great friends, are sleeping. And that's a picture in itself. He said, watch, keep your, chase sleep away. The sleep of, of, of all the zone, the sleep as a uh, metaphor for lots of things. But keep and pray. Watch and pray. Keep yourself alert. Keep yourself. And the Bible says, be watchful. Of course, lots of things. The second come in. Um, watch your, your, yourself, your nature. What do you say to the sardist? Watch for those things that are dying and are just about to die. Watch. Get awake. And he's also always trying to keep our eyes peeled, peeled to what the Lord is doing, seeing it from God's point of view. And that's interesting because that's different from my point of view, isn't it, so often? So uh, what's our, the Lord says, I've opened your eyes, but keep your eyes on me. Keep watchful. Keep see, Look by faith. Even when you're on your own, sometimes David was on his own. Um, we don't hear of anyone with him. Samuel would have been with him, but he wasn't on the battlefield. David was on his own, but he was still the man. Faith, seeing by faith. Uh, even when behind him, there was no faith at all. Uh, there was all that's all it was, his fear. But thankfully, it only takes one person with faith, looking clearly 
what the Lord has done, what the Lord's going to do. Thankfully, um, he was young as well. There's a, there's a lot of things. Youth, he, 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 was, he hadn't been tainted by lots of things in his life. And that can, that can, you know, we, we go through life and we, we've got a lot of things God has done. But we, the devil also tells us, oh, look at what the Lord hasn't done. Uh, but he was there, young boy, unbeaten tainted. And that, sometimes the Lord sometimes raises up young men and women. And of course, the disciples are young men, wouldn't they? Uh, the Lord had to knock them into shape, but full of uh, faith when they took the world for the Lord. Amen. Bless the Lord. Hello. Keep our eyes on him. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.